Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go. Hello, my name is Audrey Goh. I run the thematic strategy and asset allocation division at Standard Chartered Bank. Welcome to Thematic Talking Thematics, a series of conversation where we will discuss about future trends, big ideas or themes that will shape our investment future today and for years to come. For this episode of the podcast, I've invited my colleague Rob Russell to join me in a conversation about investing in themes. Rob will grill me on questions we receive from many investors on thematic investing. Welcome, Rob, and thanks for joining me. Thanks, Audrey. Great to be here and to be able to pepper you with our clients' great questions. And I think the first important one is to define what are we actually talking about. Many investors might associate thematic investing with great storytelling, exciting future trends and technology and hot topics with very attractive narratives. But for you, what is thematic investing and why is it important? How should investors approach thematic investing and what framework can they use to assess and select thematic ideas? Well, those are great questions and certainly great stories, great ideas are all part of it. Uh, but thematic investing is so much more than that. Uh, to me, it is also about identifying powerful structural drivers, trends that will significantly impact the world we live in, uh, but also the world that our children and their children will embrace and think of as normal. We use that sort of lens to shape our investment focus around some central ideas and key themes to focus on how that will play out over the longer term. And to me, this approach to investing is becoming more appealing. For one, it allows you to invest in the future through the powerful structural drivers that will shape the economies for years to come. And in general, it is really difficult to alter the course of long-term trends once they are in motion. Hence, they are largely immune to short-term event shocks or even changes to the business cycle. Secondly, it can also help investors to get ahead of the curve before mainstream index inclusion or ownership. Markets tend to be slow to react to long-term trends as they usually evolve rather gradually. And some of the mega trends that we know of, for example, the rise in digital native or an aging population, those take years, if not decades, to play out and may often be overlooked or underestimated by investors in terms of their investment impact. So investors who are early to the team to identify this team may benefit from uncovering lesser known or even undervalued companies whose growth prospect may not yet be fully appreciated by the markets. And last but not least, it also offers some degree of diversification because uh, the thematic ideas can be very, very different to what one may own within the traditional benchmark-oriented strategies. That's great, Audrey. Thank you. So, so in summary, then, focusing on long-term themes means that investors can be longer-term focused, which is usually good to generate better returns on investment i.e. an investor expects to stay invested because it is a longer-term theme. Um, And also, investors can also align their investments towards those areas that are expected to benefit from structural trends, and that's where the larger share of economic profits will flow. 
You're right. And that's what ultimately drives outsized investment returns over the long run. And one really wants to align himself or herself with the long-term tailwinds that are going to benefit an industry or sector and certainly going to drive the growth and profitability of the companies operating within those areas. So does that mean then that thematic investing is just the same as trying to select the right equity sector or industry? Well, I think it goes beyond that, beyond the traditional sector or country classification, which I think can often be too broad or even backward uh, backward looking in terms of, you know, to reflect the important forces which are transforming the economy. Um, many of these teams may also cut across multiple industries or sectors or even create new industries in the process. Um, so, for example, if we look at the rise in automation, that is a theme that's not just impacting the technology sector. Uh, it has also spurred the emergence of new industries, for example, fintech, which is really the delivery of financial services using technology. And to me, the adoption of disruptive technology is just at the very beginning for many industries today. And other than the listed space as well, uh, investors can also find thematic opportunities in private markets, uh, leveraging of certain managers' expertise to provide financial or operational value adds to the companies they invest in. But ha- amongst all of this opportunity, and, and clearly it, it, it is a massive opportunity, how can our investors identify an enduring winning theme or, or multiple themes? Well, there is certainly no shortage of themes that one can focus on. Uh, but as a rule of thumb, they tend to be forward-looking and anticipate certain significant changes to the current economic or industry structure. And these structural changes will also make future return look quite different from what it was previously. Now, how we define if a company can capitalize on a theme or not can also be quite subjective. And to me, it is also important to understand the life cycle and industry or companies in. And broadly, there are four stages to this life cycle that I'm talking about. Uh, birth, growth, maturity, and decline. And certainly in the early stage of a trend, uh, a, an industry or company may still be at its infancy, investing rather heavily with strong cash outflows, and probably also at a time where adoption has yet you know, take off in a meaningful way. And to me, uh, this is probably the riskier stage and certainly more volatile compared to companies in the growth and maturity phase. But at the same time, if you get the trend right, you know, identifying them, identifying them at such an early stage can also be extremely profitable if the, if the trend proved to be correct. Um, another approach that I looked at is also to target companies in the growth and maturity phase. And that's when they are starting to enjoy strong profits, strong growth from a rapid pickup in adoption and cost efficiency. And certainly as more investors start to recognize uh, the appeal of a trend providing lasting tailwind of growth, uh, this will then drive you know, strong capital inflows towards these companies. And if we look at many of the large cap tech companies that we know of today, they have also experienced these different stages of evolution before becoming the behemoth giant that we know them of today. Uh, giants indeed. Um, a couple of final questions. How can our investors practically and effectively incorporate these really important themes into their portfolio? And how do investors ensure diversification by making thematic investments? Uh, Well, there is no hard and fast rule here. If we look at what some institutions are doing, um, 
they easily have between 10 to 15% of their uh, portfolio allocated to themes as a general rule of thumb. And to me, what's even more important is really to assess how the addition of specific themes can complement your investment portfolio, whether it is from a return enhancement perspective or risk reduction standpoint. And also to what extent you know, are you buying exposure to traditional assets through themes? And more importantly, are you really getting the unique exposure you want to the themes or trends that you're after? Um, so suddenly, if we look at thematic investing, it is a relatively you know, more active way of investing, giving the investors opportunity to express his or hers conviction on some long-term developments, but also a way to you know, future-proof one's portfolio riding alongside the winds of social economic shifts and development over the course of the years. That's great. Thank you very much, Audrey, for explaining the broad framework that you use for thematic investing. To learn more about the approach and benefits of thematic investing, please reach out to your relationship manager and advisors. Well, that's it for today. Talking Thematics podcast number one. If you have enjoyed what you've heard, please like, share and subscribe. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank. For more details on the latest market insights, subscribe to Standard Chartered Money Insights.